It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day, everyone. Welcome to the UFC 270 live betting show on Punt School. And later, I will post this on Trademate YouTube and also the Trademate uh, podcast channel too. So welcome along if you're just listening or watching from there too later on. Um, I hope all my audio is working. If uh, anyone's tuning in live, anyone in the world, please let me know if you can't hear anything. I think uh heard, which is good. So I think I will just crack on until someone tells me otherwise. Tested out a few, bit of a different setup. So I'm just a little bit worried, but um, I assume... We are good to go. Yeah, I think we are. All right. So for those who don't know me, once again, Alex Vela, I run the MMA Pun School subscription service. So all the bets that are sent there for the UFC are all run by me. So probably the last time I'll introduce myself now. It's been two weeks now. So you guys are... I don't need to introduce myself anymore, I don't think. All right. Um, today, we are going through UFC 270 first pay-per-view card of 2022 and it's a big one massive massive title fight here heavyweight title fight between Francis Ngannou and Cyril Garn so we'll obviously be going through that that'll be the last fight we'll go through we've also got the flyweight title fight number three between Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo and then we'll go through the rest of the main card. So we've got Michelle Pereira versus Andre Filio. I believe this will be the main card. I could have this wrong. They haven't uh, published a set lineup yet. Uh, also, Cody Stamen versus Saeed Namagamedov. Adolfo Vieira, Vieira and Wellington Terman. And then I'll also go through Ilya Taporia versus Charles Jord- Jordan. I assume at least five of those fights are probably going to be on the main card. Maybe uh, Barcelos and Henry too, but as I said before, it's unknown in terms of the the bout order at the moment. Um, but let's get into it. First one I wanted to go through today was Adolfo Vieira and Wellington Terman. So, obviously, Adolfo Vieira is known as a master in jiu-jitsu he's you know he's one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world he's won world titles all over the place he's an absolute freak on the ground um but as we've seen he does have vulnerabilities when it comes to mixed martial arts when you mix in the striking the wrestling five five uh, three five minute rounds etc etc um i think on the feet this 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 bout is actually quite even I think most people would just assume Terman's better because Vieira is just known for his grappling, but I actually think it's quite quite even. Um, Vieira's, I would say, is more technical but very basic. Just throws out a jab, very powerful jab at that because he's quite muscular and you know he's probably got a big size difference in this in this fight. Also, Terman doesn't look like a huge well uh, middleweight, um, so he is very basic, but. It's reasonably effective to what he's trying to trying to do, which is to get you down. 
Terman, on the other hand, is a little bit more wild. Not too wild, but he just he mostly just has a bigger array of strikes. So he's he's a, at least a lot more unpredictable than Vieira. And, you know, he'll have Vieira on his toes at least. Um, but, you know, we saw in that fight Vieira and Stoltzfus, you know, he dealt with Stoltzfus' striking pretty well, even though Stoltzfus isn't isn't too flush, I don't think. Um, either of them could finish it on the feet. You know, I could see Terman land something wild. Vieira's been rocked a couple of times in his career on the feet. Uh, and Vieira has enough power to rock someone, and Terman's been finished multiple times. So don't be surprised if this never even gets to the floor. Um, I think the big thing here is, and this is where it gets really interesting, is that Terman, Terman's never been taken down, and I know this is probably the hardest takedown artist or wrestler he's going to, or best wrestling he's going to face in his career. but. I still think Vieira may struggle to get Terman down, or at least I think he'll struggle a bit more than normal. I mean, even that Stoltzfus fight, he did get Stoltzfus down, but he popped up pretty quickly a couple of times. So I think the main thing here is Terman's going to make him work big time for these takedowns and and on the ground too. He's obviously outmatched Terman, but, you know, he's decent. I mean, it's arguably his best best asset is his is his ground game, his grappling. Um, he may. He, he, I just think if he can defend any submission attempts that Vieira gets off, if Vieira can get him to the ground, um, he has quite an active guard. He's not he's not shy to you know try a few things. Um, the big thing here is he's going to be able to make R- Rodolfo work. So if he can avoid the early submission and get into the second round, I mean, even against Hernandez, you saw, even if he just gets to on his feet with one minute to go in the round, it's dangerous. So, yeah, the main thing here is that I think Terman can make Rodolfo work. If he cannot get that early submission, I think Vieira is a possibility to gas like he did in that Hernandez fight. It's a possibility. Um, and for those who haven't seen the fight, the Vieira gas, his the gas was just there was zero left it was the most one of the most incredible things you'll ever see with uh only four minutes into the fight i don't think i've ever seen someone be that exhausted after only four minutes of fighting and he was you know wrestling and grappling the whole time so hernandez was just smart enough to to avoid those um those submission attempts so i think when you take everything into consideration that it's quite even on the feet Vieira may not be able to get Terman down. And if he can't get Terman down, and if he keeps trying to get Terman down, and, you know, even if Terman does get taken down and it's, you know, working, 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 you could just see the most extraordinary, you could see him gas again, basically. So I think with all of this taken into consideration, unluckily, I wasn't able to get to this stream until Thursday, but. Uh, for those who subscribe to my service, I did recommend Terman at 3.5 or 3.25, whatever he was, earlier in the week. But now he is on top sport. He has moved into 2.58. So I wouldn't be taking 2.58 personally. 
I wouldn't really. I'm not just backing Vieira at 1.49 doesn't really interest me all that much. I'd also be looking at the submission prop, maybe getting a little bit, I assume you get a lot better odds on that. Um, but for me, just in this market in general, I'd be happy to take Wellington term and three and above definitely. Um, but anything anything lower than three, I'm a little bit sceptical of because Terman is still very young, uh, pretty small for middleweight and just very – he's a little bit too wild and all over the place. So for me, unfortunately, he didn't get you, to you guys earlier in the week. But, um, yeah, I if, if someone out there has Terman at three plus, I would be, I'd be locking that in. Uh, Props-wise, I haven't – Obviously, Top Sport haven't got any props out here. I can't really remember the prices that you may be able to get elsewhere. But, um, yeah, let's just leave. I don't want to speculate. All right, let's move to the main card now, and we'll talk about uh, Charles Jordan and Ilya Taporia. I'll just remove this from my screen. All right, so Taporia... Up and comer. I'm not sure how old he is. Very young, at least. He is 24 years old. So you know, very early in his fighting career. But I mean, he's been he's been a professional for nearly 10 years now. I heard in an interview today with uh, Ariel Helwani that he's been he left school at 15. So he's been a professional for for nine nine years, which is crazy to think. So. You know, might be young, but he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of years under his belt of, of full time training. And he's, I mean, this guy could go all the way to the top in the next couple of years. So, unfortunately for Jordan, he's he's basically outmatched in every single area here. I would say Taporia especially has a huge advantage in the wrestling and the grappling. If he wants to keep the fight standing, he. He's probably more technical, or def- I would say he's definitely more technical and more efficient. But I think, I just think he would be a little bit careless. He'd be essentially being a bit too egotistical if he was going to stay on the feet, because as we know, small gloves, mixed martial arts, anyone can land a lucky, lucky punch. So if he's smart, if he's, uh, if he doesn't want to, you know if he doesn't want to test his striking out, he'd be smart to to get this to the floor as soon as possible. He should be able to do that relatively easily, I would assume. Um, and then from there, Taporia, he should be able to do what he wants to do. He could probably find a submission. I sh- Every time I've seen him go to the ground, he doesn't normally go for the ground and pound, but I'm sure he's got that in his locker. Um, I think most likely a submission would be my guess, but I'm pretty sure from what I've seen quoted that submissions may be around 2, 2.0, which I think with the, the fact that he could also go for a for a knockout, yeah, it's a little bit too short for me. Um, I could be wrong about that price, though. This is just off the top of my head what I remember seeing. I've written down here if it is submissions at three or above, definitely take that, but I don't think you'll be able to get that. Um, 
So I think most likely he'll get a submission. Charles Jordan is game as it gets. He's a tough, gritty mother. And and he and he only just fought. He fought about a month ago and he won that fight in a three round, three round decision over Yule. So you know, I'm sure he's in shape. Problem is he had Christmas after that, wasn't expecting to fight. He comes into this fight on short notice. So um yeah, I mean, he'll obviously be fine. Like, I think he'll be able to go three rounds. He's got a good gas tank. But I think the only way I see Jordan winning is if he somehow lands some kind of KO or if Tapuria just gasses, which I can't ever, like, can't really see happening. So, um, I, yeah, in terms of bets, You've got Tapuria at 115 here, Jordan at 5.5. I wrote down earlier this week that Charles Jordan was at fives, and then I thought that was too short for him. I can see this blowing out to sixes. So, yeah, those who want to take Tapuria in uh, at, at relatively small odds, I think I wouldn't do it personally just because he's still quite young. But, I mean... If I was pricing this up, I'd have Jordan at sixes personally. I think his chances of winning are basically centered around a lucky, lucky knockout. Anyway, should be a cracker either way. <clears throat> anyway, uh, let's go to the next fight. Cody Stamen and Saeed Namagomedov. Striker, uh, striker, striker versus wrestler encounter here. Cody being the wrestler, Saeed being the striker. Not saying that neither of them can do the other form, the other mixed martial art, the other martial art. But um, I would say for me, it was it's hard to get a good read on Saeed's wrestling. I guess you can kind of make an assumption here that Saeed. With his last name, the Magomedov, although he's not related to Habib, that you know, being from Dagestan, uh, and you know, I'm sure you you can say with very very much assurance, although although it's a complete guess, that he's probably done a lot of wrestling in his time. He's probably fought all the you know tough Dagestani wrestlers, so you would think his wrestling is good enough to defend most of Stamen's takedowns. What I will say, though, is when he has been taken down, and he's taken down a couple of times by Barcelos, it was mostly because he of his spinning attacks and just mistiming. Not mistiming, but, I mean, he just got red, basically, and Barcelos got to his back and took him down. So um, his takedown defense is obviously not amazing, but I think it will be good enough. It just, it's just a logical guess. I think it will be good enough to fend off most of Stamen's attacks. I mean, Stamen's a very good wrestler. Just just point that out. He was taken down a lot by uh, Marab, but, I mean, that's Marab. And I'm pretty sure he got Marab down once or twice. So he's very good. He's a very good wrestler. Um, but I think, I think Saeed... As long as he's as long as he keeps things a little bit tighter with his striking, doesn't he spins just watching that Barcelos fight, I think he just spins a little too much. If he just becomes a little less predictable with the spinning attacks, 
pulls it out of there. He, he's in one of the best spinning attackers I've ever seen. Like most people try it just out of, you know, out of desperation, but he, 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 it's a legitimate attack for him, but I still think he should use it a little less. Um, so yeah, I think if he keeps it a bit tighter, he should avoid most of the takedowns from Cody and, and on the feet, I mean, Stamen, I don't really rate him all that much. He's pretty, um, not, I mean, he's reasonably technical, but he's very, uh, lungy. You, you can tell that he's, he's just going for that one big strike and he's really just trying to set, set up a takedown mostly. He's not, I don't think he's got any finishes in the UFC with his, uh, any KO finishes or anything like that. So you can tell that he's not really that amazing on the feet. Um, so I think Namagamedov should be able to piece him up there. And there's a there's a decent chance he could get a finish too, I think. Stamen's only been finished once, and that was via, I think it was a knee bar versus Sterling. So he's tough to finish. He's got a decent chin. But I could see Namagamedov finishing him, especially if he's a bit tired from trying lots of takedowns. Maybe you could time something on the way in. Saeed could. Um, but, yeah. Um, let me just see if I've got anything else on this. I mean, yeah. I've said it kind of over and over that I think Saeed will be able to take uh, defend most of the takedowns. But I think even if even if he does get him down, he's got he's – got, you know, decent timing to Cody. So I think um I think even if he does get in bounce lead, I think he he's good enough to get back to his feet too. Um but yeah. Just because Saeed will be able to do more damage on the feet, I see him winning a decision. I could see him knocking him out. Those two would be the most likely. Haven't uh, had a good look at the prop markets on this yet. I believe KO for Saeed's around five ish, which is interesting. I'd have to think a little bit deeper about that before recommending anything. But, um, I mean, maybe you can get sixes or above too. So, um, yeah, that might be an interesting prospect for people too. Maybe you could look at double chance to lock in KO and deck at the same, but I haven't seen too much of Saeed's submission game. So it's hard to it's hard to tell. You would assume he's pretty competent in that area and Stamen, you know, will want him to get him to the, want to get him to the ground so it's hard to tell but um i think odds at the moment yeah stamen at 2.64 so at 1.48 i don't think i have a real play there just in case stamen just wrestles in the whole fight and he's able to keep him down uh i i i'm guessing Saeed might shorten a little bit more but yeah no real prediction there Okie dokie, let's go to Michelle Pereira and Andre Filiao. I think that's how you pronounce it. So Filiao, this is his debut, I believe. I'm certain it's his debut. Um, I think Filiao is mostly a boxer, so I think he will struggle to get into range to land his boxing um, against Michelle Pereira. I mean, let's just assume Michelle Pereira just fights a nice, clean, efficient fight and he doesn't do any of his crazy capoeira kind of stuff. If he takes this seriously and doesn't do any stupid stuff, I assume Filio will will really struggle to lay a hand 
on Pereira, especially early on when they both got full gas tanks. Um, and I wasn't very impressed with Filia's defense. I think he was pretty happy to take one to give a couple or take one to give one from memory. Um, so I see Michelle having a decent advantage in the striking, especially early on. But Filiao is like very patient, very patient. In a couple of his fights, he would just barely throw any strikes and then out of nowhere he'd knock someone out. So this doesn't really work well for Michelle because he he can be a bit crazy. So he doesn't strike you as the most like concentrated fighter. So Michelle does have to stay switch on a lot of the time because Fiala has got some decent power and he's very patient. He's happy to lose the first round and a half to land that one strike at the end of the second or et cetera, et cetera. Um, Michelle does have a good chin though. He rarely gets, you know, he rarely gets slept. So um, other than that, uh, what's it called? Todorovic fight which looked very weird. It looked very fixed. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll move past that. I I can't see Filia being able to take Pereira down. I mean, I'm almost certain he wouldn't be able to take him down unless he's got no gas left. Um, maybe Pereira will try some takedowns. I think he would be able to take him down. But as I've said before, Michelle's gas tank is not very good. And when he took, um, when he uh, got Price, when he grappled with Price for a couple of minutes in the second round of his last fight, when he came back to the, when he came back to the striking, he just looked, he looked gone and he'd barely done anything. It was pretty remarkable. So I'm assuming Pereira has a great gas tank for striking, at least a decent one if he stays on the feet for three rounds. But once he starts grappling, it's not too flush. So if I was Pereira, I'd probably just try keeping on the feet and maybe mix in one takedown. Um, but, yeah, I think overall Pereira has a decent inside the distance, winning inside the distance um, because Andre's gas tank is not very good either. I mean, there were some fights where he was absolutely cooked in come the third round. Um, and, yeah, he's pretty easy to hit too. So... I think Michelle to win inside the distance is actually reasonable, reasonable chance of happening. Uh, I'm not so sure what the odds are there. I cannot really remember. I think they might be around two or two point two, which seems a little bit low, maybe. But looking at the odds here, three point four for Filia Pereira, one point three. <sighs> See, I would back Pereira 1.31 if I knew he was going to be very smart, keep him on the outside, mix in a takedown here and there just to leave him a little bit more unpredictable. But 1.31 for Pereira is very uh, – it's risky. If you if he gets the blows out to 1.5, I'd definitely bet that. Um, but I don't really see that happening. Maybe you can get 1.4 somewhere later, but – yeah, for me, it's another one to stay out of. I've actually, in terms of betting, I think the, the last two fights are the more interesting ones in terms of plays. So let's move along. Have yeah. a drink first. All right. <clears throat> the flyweight title fight between Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueroa, number three. 
in terms of breaking down this fight, it's very hard to do because you don't know what version of Figgy, we'll just call him Figgy, Figueredo, will show up. But I think the fight just hinges on what, on what version of Figueredo shows up. If you get the, the Figueredo from the first fight, aggressive, went five rounds, in good shape, didn't have any problems with his weight, or at least he didn't have any problems getting on the scales. Um, aggressive, confident, etc. I think um, I think he most likely wins this fight, or at least it makes it more of a pick'em fight. But if the other figurator shows up in fight two, then Moreno either. Moreno wins, essentially. Whether that's a decision or finishes him, I think he wins. I think uh, the good thing is is that Figueredo looks like he's turned things around. Complained a lot about how he had too much on his mind, business, etc. in the second fight, and that's what happened. I think what happened was he was just, yeah, no, maybe he had some outside the ring issues, but also on top of that, I think he was just a little bit worried to not overexert himself and land or you know be too aggressive and and not and not reserve his gas tank for the whole five minute round or five rounds so i think he got a little bit worried about that became a little bit more frozen i guess saw that moreno had, you know he'd improved his striking a bit and he i think he just knew that he was in for a tough night and I think he just got into a situation where he got off to a slow start because he wanted to, you know, possibly reserve his gas tank. And then it flowed on throughout the fight and he just couldn't get out of the hole. But he's come in and great a lot. I mean, everyone's probably seen the photos of Figueredo, what shape he's in. He looks in much better shape now. So that bodes very well. It's the best I looked at some of his, of his photos in his last couple of fights at Wayne's compared to what he looks like now, um, and he looks he looks a lot better. Uh, been training with Henry Cejudo, so I assume I, you, know, you hear lots of good things about people that go to Henry Cejudo's gym and the nutrition team that he works with there, and that you know they come out more professional control their weight better, in better shape, etc. So I think he will be in better shape this time. I think arguably the best shape of his career. I would be happy to I would be happy to predict like I'm predicting that he will be in the best shape of his career just from those photos and um what happened in the last fight and working with Cejudo, etc. Um so I think if Figueredo's got confidence in his gas tank, he can be more aggressive, he can be on the front foot a bit more, which will back up Moreno more and he'll be able to land a lot more often. I mean, that first fight was was a 50-50 fight for me. I could You can make an argument for either fighter every round. Um, but if he's in better shape, he'll be more efficient with his movements. Um, and I also think the fact that he knows Moreno's got a very good chin and he can take a lot of punishment he might take a little bit less off his punches and not waste his energy and look for more of a decision victory path or at least go for more volume over power. I think that's a possibility of what might happen. 
So he basically needs to find that balance in aggressiveness between the first and the second fight, probably more towards the first fight. But, um, yeah, just um, I think if he thinks volume, you know, maybe take that that Holloway kind of approach to the fight where he doesn't put everything into every punch, even like Colby Covington, someone like that too. They don't throw 100% on every punch. They, you know, they throw somewhere around 50 to 80%. Uh, and more look for volume over over that one big shot that's going to knock your lights out. I think that would be effective over Moreno. And he'll be able to do that if he is in better shape. I assume his takedown defense will be better, working with Cejudo. So um, that's a good thing. Moreno got him down a couple of times in, in both of the fights, the first and second fight. So that's somewhere he needs to improve his takedown defense. And I assume it will be better working with an Olympic wrestler, Cejudo. Um, obviously, Moreno should be favourite after what happened in the second fight and what happened in the first fight. Um, and also because we know what Moreno is going to rock up like. <laughs> he's. It, it's obvious that he's going to come in, you know, should be coming in, coming in with in great shape. He can take a punch. He can. He's got a. Decent jab, as he showed in that um, in that second fight. Can mix it up well. Good wrestling. Good on the ground. The way he's, you know, way he got that rear naked choke was beautiful. So we know what we're getting with Moreno. And if he's if he's allowed to march forward like he did in the first fight, he'll be able to he'll beat Figueroa. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. But in in saying all of that thing to worry about Moreno too is he's now the champ. More media commitments, uh, I guess more pressure. Um, he doesn't seem like the kind of person that would let it all get to his head and go a bit crazy, but you never know. You absolutely never know. He's probably not got the same determination to be the best in the world, to to become the champion as he did, as he does now, as he as he did before, sorry. So that's a very interesting thing to look at. I like, if there's one bet I can give you a top sport right now, I would say figure eight or 243, I think it's value for me. I'm I'm gonna I'm kind of just predicting that he's gonna come in in really good shape and put in a much better showing than, you know, more towards that first fight. And that first fight was a pick'em, but the judges actually had it scored for Figueredo if he didn't get deducted a point for I can't remember was it for a groin strike or an eye poke? I can't really remember. Maybe a groin strike. So yeah, if if Figueredo is in the best shape of his career, I know there's a lot of ifs, and that's why the odds are the way they are right now. If he is in the best shape of his career, then I think Figueredo should be closer to 2.0. <laughs> so it's a big edge. If he comes in the best shape of his career, he can arguably be favourite too. But all these unknowns, that's why the odds are the way they are right now. Um, but for me, I'll most likely be looking to back Figueredo probably before Saturday morning Australian time because that's when the weigh-ins are, I believe. Um, and I think once people see if Figueredo weighs in nicely, looks good, et cetera, et cetera, I think you'll see his odds come down, I think. So, yeah, in saying all of that, 
uh, that would be my bet for this week. One that I'm happy to give out. Figueredo at 2.43. Top sports, good. All right. That was that took me a long time to get through that. The main event though, heavyweight, title fight. What a cracker this is gonna be. Francis Ngannou and Cyril Garn. <sighs> Should stay on the feet for the most part. I doubt Garn will do too much grappling. Maybe he'll look to push Ngannou up against the fence, but I don't think he will, just because Ngannou, especially early in the fight. He's as strong as it gets. He could very much, just through sheer strength, turn Garn around and land some big shots on him up against the fence. So I think if Garn is going to use his grappling, it will be later in the fight if it goes that far. Um, when Francis is a bit less powerful and, you know, more fatigued. So I think it stays on the feet. I think Garn will basically try and employ the exact same game plan he did against Lewis, um, although Ngarn uh, is a lot more, I would say, a lot faster, powerful than Lewis and, you know, probably more technical too, possibly. Um, I think he'll just try and do the same thing, always moving his feet, staying out of range, when he goes in, he goes in. He doesn't hesitate, really keeps that chin down. I mean, it was really, it was a great, it was a great showing, I thought, Garn versus Lewis. Although Lewis is, you know, not on the level of a lot of these guys at the top of the division, um, Garn really nullified everything. It was very, um, it was very impressive. So I assume Garn will be trying to stay out of range, slick foot movement in and out with fast and sharp movements. I can't really see Francis being able to contend with that kind of fight, with that pointing, you know, point fight. I can't really see Francis being able to contend with that. Um, I also don't think his cardio would be able to hold up for five rounds. I think he could probably do that with Garn for two or three rounds. I just don't think that'll be his game plan anyway. I think he'll just be waiting and waiting and waiting and just waiting for that right time where he's cut him off on the cage. You know, he spots that exact moment where it's perfect to lunge forward with something huge. Maybe it's a counter-strike too. Who knows? But Ngannou, that's what makes this fight so interesting. Garn is the better striker. I would say he's a much better striker. But Ngannou is just the most powerful puncher you'll probably ever see in your life. <laughs> so... It just takes him one punch, and he's so powerful, so explosive that he can knock anyone out in the world. The other factors that you have to take into this fight, the outside the ring issues. Now, there's two parts to this. One is the UFC contract saga, and secondly, his... Um, his yeah, the the fights between um, Francis Ngannou and his former head coach uh, Fernand Lopez, who also is now the, has been the coach of Cyril Garn. For those who don't know, they used to train together in Garn and and Garn in France, and Ngannou and Garn's head coach Fernand Lopez had a fight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and now Ngannou moved to America in Vegas and trains out of Extreme Couture. So how do I think that'll affect the fight? 
I think uh, I don't think it'll have much effect. Actually, probably very close to zero. I think if anyone might be affected, it'd be the Garn side, just because Ngannou seems very relaxed about it all. I think Garn's coach Fernand Lopez has kind of embarrassed himself a little bit, gone a bit over the top with the release of the sparring footage, kind of gone in on Ngannou quite a lot. Um, you know, he could be in the right. He could be in the wrong. Who knows? Who cares, really? But he just looks a little bit, a little bit too angry, I would say. And he should calm down a little bit. Um, and it's, it's making him look bad. But I don't think it'll affect Gunn at all, really. Gunn just seems so calculated, so smart, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't think it'll affect him much at all. And Francis seems to be very nonchalant about it, like very mature about it, really. And Nixick was has been very mature about it too. So I don't think that will have an effect, but I do think the contract saga with Nganu in the UFC should have an effect. Um <clears throat> so this is the last fight on Nganu's contract. He is as champion, I believe that even if he wins this fight, they extend his contract every time he defends the title. But, you know, they weren't able to come to an agreement on a contract extension. He wants to get paid more, obviously. UFC don't want to pay him. And I think that, yeah, it should affect him. Because, you know, you shouldn't even be thinking about the fact that he's probably going to be thinking about this even if he's not thinking about it whilst he's fighting even you know in this week leading up thinking about it it's it's somewhere where his mind shouldn't be his mind should be solely focused on gone so it's definitely a factor and it probably does affect him now you tell me how do you put a number on that it's it's virtually impossible and it comes down to how you think about these sorts of things so it's impossible to say how much it affects his chances of winning, but it does in some capacity. It might be like literally 0.5%. It might be 50%. <laughs> so who knows? I guess my notes for this one in terms of betting is pretty pretty simple. I think Garn, if you are going to back him to win, 1.66 is too short for me. Earlier in the week, I believe he was at least 1.8. He might have been bigger than that. Um, I would have taken that 1.8, but unfortunately, I was a bit too slow. Um, if he does somehow get the blows gone, I'd be taking 1.8 for him to win. Francis Ngannou at 2.24 doesn't really interest me too much. I think the odds where they are right now is about right. It's about right. So we'll see we'll see where this where this ends up in terms of prop markets. I would be more leaning towards Francis and Garner by KO. If you can find somewhere Francis and Garner to win by KO at 2.75 or above, I'd probably be taking that. I think there will be some places where you can get that depending on where you are in the world. I would take that happily. Um, but Francis Ngannou money line, yeah, 
I just don't really see the point because his chances of winning by submission are very, very non-existent almost. His chances of winning by decision are very minimal too. I can't really see him being able to outpoint Gunn over a long period of time or having the gas tank to, to you know, contend with Gunn. So for me, Francis, his money line odds should be marginally shorter than his um, than his KO line. So, yeah, there's my betting insight for Ngannou. I also think Garn, I've seen Garn at decision at like maybe fives or sixes. I think sixes is definitely value, Garn by decision, if you can get that too, if people are interested in that. Um, I could see him just being very patient, very boring, and just avoiding all the damage. And Ngannou's probably got a very good chin because he's literally never been hit in his career, basically. <laughs> Um, taking very little damage. And Garn doesn't really have incredible power. But, yeah, I think that does it. I think that's it for a day. Thanks all for, for tuning in. If you're interested in joining my service and getting, you know, a lot more bets than just one or two on this on this po- yeah, weekly podcast, um, then, yeah, join at Pun School, jump on the website, um, if you want to see my results, head over to my website at vellabetting.com, V-E-L-L-A betting.com. See my MMA results there. Ask me any questions on Twitter, wherever, email me, don't mind uh, if you want to ask any questions about the service. But yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Should be a cracker night of fights. Wherever you're watching, pun school or trade, mate, like, subscribe, do all the good stuff. And I will be back in two weeks i think there's no ufc next weekend but i will be back in two weeks to preview the next fight night card i believe that's strickland and hermanson off the top of my head so that'll be fun cheers guys